0: Hey everybody, this is Alex Barthet with TheLeanZone.com. Today we're joined by George Rivero in the first of what will be many um, uh, live videos and podcasts on issues related to construction and the coronavirus. How are you doing today, George? Very well, how you doing? So far so good. Um, I'm a little more concerned about some of our clients more than I am of, of, of me. Um, my team is so far safe. We've transitioned to a almost completely remote working that'll be finished come tomorrow. How about your team?
1: We're uh, there's only two of us here in the office, so we feel uh, relatively safe. I mean, you don't know uh, what you're touching and if it has the virus, so you're never sure, but uh, we're trying to do the best we can to stay apart and, uh, and stay safe.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I I saw the reference yesterday to the invisible enemy and that actually makes it very, very scary uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, So uh, George, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your business and your background and then we'll get right into these employee employer topics. Sure, so I am the
1: former director for the US Department of Labor in South Florida. And uh, I worked for the federal government for thirty years enforcing uh, labor and employment laws uh, that apply uh, to most employers, that's say probably almost one hundred percent of employers. And then I retired from the federal government and then uh, initially started working uh, with some of the major law firms in the area, acting as an expert in federal court on labor and employment matters. And as time went by, I uh, started uh, a lot of uh, attorneys started referring clients to me. And uh now about seventy-five percent of our clients come from the attorneys and the other uh twenty-five percent or so come from Water mouth So we service uh all sorts of clients. Uh we don't specialize in any particular area, although we do have a lot of construction, restaurant and hotel clients and um you know, we we, across the board, we we just service uh, here locally, and and then we have clients that operate in different states. So we try to keep them up to date on those changes there. And then the changes are are coming fast. due
0: to are going yeah, fast is an understatement because last night the president signed the Family First Coronavirus Response Act, which we're gonna talk about in a little bit, but to the extent we talk about anything where this new act affects Um, what we're talking about, make sure that you mention it. So let's start with kind of the beginning of this. If we talk about the various issues that our respective clients are dealing with on an employment employee issue, I'm going to say that the first thing is I have a team construction as of the the time of this recording in South Florida has not shut down, so I have my. Office staff. I have my Field staff. I have my field workers. Um, they're all still working. I can look out my window here. I see a crane in downtown Miami spinning around. But that being said, um, and we'll get to it a little bit later. You know, Disney World stopped construction yesterday. Uh, New York City may be going under lockdown, which means all construction will probably stop. And even if we don't have that, if you don't have inspectors that can inspect it may require you to make some changes in your construction project because they're not happening. But as of right now, people are still working. So let's go over some of the basic questions I get. Can I ask them if they have any illness? Can I take their temperature? What do I do with the people that are currently employed both in the field and in my office?
1: Well, anybody that uh, appears to be sick uh, you know they're, they're either have uh, clearly they're they have headaches they're, they're coughing which is usually the normal thing to to look at when people are coughing dry cough um, you ask them are you feeling okay uh, maybe you should go home and actually if you believe that they they are sick it's not just a random sne- uh, sneezing or coughing uh, then you can ask them to go home uh, anybody that's ill you are permitted to, to ask them to go home and uh, perhaps either uh, talk to their uh, medical um, provider or, or just simply stay home until they, they feel better. And you can ask them to, to bring back a note from a doctor saying that they're ready to go back to work.
0: So, so the, the, rela- the related question to that, George, is do I have to pay them?
1: Well, all right. So at this point, uh, what we have is a new law. That's coming into effect, and so uh, there are two, actually three portions of the law that will really impact employers and employees. The first part is we have the expanded uh, uh, emergency family medical leave act and then we also have a emergency emergency sick pay act and finally we have expanded uh, unemployment benefits for the employees. So um, there are a number of reasons, and if you if you think it's uh, the proper moment, we'll go through uh, those yep, laws. Yeah, let's do it. Let's stuff. do it, George. Right All now. right. So, so let's go through this because it's this is new, completely new, signed by the president uh, late yesterday, and so uh, and so it's important for employers to know. By the way, the new law becomes effective 15 days from yesterday. So for the next 15 days, we're not subject to the law, but we need to be preparing to implement all the requirements and the law is going to uh, cover us through December 31st of this year. So it's uh, until the end of the year. All right. So first, let's go through the emergency uh, family and medical leave act. Uh, and this, of course, the, the Family Medical Leave Act applied already to employers with 50 or more Correct. employees. So that continues to apply as, as, it, as it's written. What has changed now is that any employer below 500 employees uh, has got has got to, and this applies to all employers, has got to provide this expanded FMLA leave. All right. So coverage. All employers under 500 or with 500 or less employees are covered. Uh, any employee who has worked for the employer in the last 30 days prior to the designated leave is eligible to receive this expanded. So it used to be you got to work for the employer a year, 1,250 hours, et cetera. Well, that's out the window for anything related to the coronavirus. So let's go through that. Uh, and by the way, there are, there are two possible exemptions uh, under the, uh, the new law. The first one is that the Secretary of Labor can designate that healthcare providers and emergency responders are exempt. So they can't take the leave. If you're in the, the healthcare field, Department of Labor can now put regulations in place saying, no, you're not subject to this because we need you out there. Uh, The second thing is businesses under 50 employees would be exempt if they can prove that uh, the required leave would jeopardize the viability of the business. Now, I think this is going to be a hard hurdle to cross. I agree. Otherwise, everybody under 50 is going to provide is going to be asking for the exemption. Not that you cannot ask, but if if. If it's not granted, if the exemption is not r- uh, granted, then you're gonna have a problem.
0: So yeah? let me ask you, George, do I need to get this exemption before I do it or after?
1: There's no, there's nothing in the law that says how to do this. So we're sort of like, uh, we're waiting for uh, regulations to be implementing regulations to be written by the Department of Labor and the other agencies affected by this. So at this point, we don't even know how to ask. Uh, or who to ask so or,
0: it's, or it's, when or when to ask
1: well yeah well yeah, hopefully we can ask before the 15 days are over but imagine how many people are going to be asking for this it's going to be a nightmare so i would plan to comply if if you can at all comply i mean if you're going to close your business then you don't worry about it because right close you're out of business but if you're going to be remain open Uh, I would be very careful with this because, first of all, uh, the fines I'm sure are going to be significant. Second of all, you don't want to be in the press uh, as the bad uh, employer that, uh, you know, fired everybody and didn't pay him any of these benefits. This is not good. It's not good public relations. So, but there is that potential exemption. I'm I'm just worried that uh, we're not going to be able to get the exemption that quickly. So we're going to be operating in the dark and I'm hoping for the best. So I, I, what my recommendation is, if you can comply, comply. If, if you absolutely cannot, that means you're really going out of business. So right. just be careful with the exemption. All right, so the reasons for the emergency leave is just one, and that is if you have children under the age of 18, if the child's school has closed, or your child care provider is unavailable and you've got to stay home to take care of the kids, that's the only reason that this expanded uh, FMLA leave applies. So if I am sent home and I can telework, I am not subject to this FMLA, because I'm working, I'm getting paid, right? But if I'm sent home and, and you know the employee comes up to you and says I got kids I, I just you know I got three kids I can't uh, you know my my associate here has three kids now she's teleworking so she's not going to be subject to this. Well, let, let's if,
0: make let's 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 make it very specific, right? Uh, yeah. Let's assume I am a construction worker. I'm a single mom, right? right? Kids' school is closed, you know, and I'm the construction worker, right? I I can't right. work from home. I got to go into the field. Exactly
1: exactly so this is going to apply to you in that situation because there's no way you can telework Uh, you can't really do construction from your house so that's it you got you're going to come under this law now uh you've got to be providing employees with notice of this new law so if you qualify for this uh new law then you're going to be also subject to the new sick leave law. And then when that is over, and I'm going to go over the new sick leave law, when that's over in the first 80 uh, hours of the week, of the uh, period, then you're going to go into the paid FMLA leave, which is actually at two-thirds of your regular rate for the duration of the leave so it's up to 12 weeks. It's like under uh, regular FMLA. So it's two-thirds after the initial 80 hours, it's two-thirds of your regular rate or your regular earnings over the past six months, whatever it is, it's two-thirds of that. Now, employers are going to say, oh, my God, you know, that's a lot of money.
0: Yeah. That's what I was about to say, George. You know, I'm I'm sympathetic to the employee, but if there's no business to go back to or no business that can pay me for this leave. What do I do like? This is so, a tremendous amount of money. Two
1: things uh, under the law. Employers are going to be getting back all these taxes the all the payroll taxes that they have contributed and they're not going to have to pay the payroll taxes for the next uh, six months, maybe longer. In addition to that, the employers will be able to apply for a 100% refund of whatever they pay out to the employee. As long as they don't exceed the uh, the maximums that are allowed for this paid sick leave or, or or the paid family leave, they're going to be able to apply for that. Uh, how quickly, how soon that'll be refunded? Who knows? But so this anyways, is
0: this is an interest-free loan to the government for my employees.
1: Yeah, basically. But but you're going to be getting money back as an employer to right. cover whatever those costs, those costs are. So uh, the bottom line at the end of the day or the end of the period here, uh, the employer should not be out money as far as, uh, you know, for, for these benefits because the employer will re it first 100% up to whatever the limits are under the law here. All right, so the paid uh, emergency um, family leave is, uh, oh, there's a limit, by the way. Uh, even though it's two-thirds of the employer's regular rate, Uh, there's a limit of 200 per day, $200 per day per employee, and 10,000 in in the aggregate per employee. So for the 12-week period, excluding the first two weeks, there's a 200 per day and then a maximum of 10,000 for that period per employee. All right, so if you have part-time employees, then you calculate based on the average hours that they have worked in the last six months, if they haven't worked in the last uh, six months, then you uh, when you hired them, how many hours did you tell them that they were or how many hours did they expect that they were going to be working? That's what you go by. All right. So after now, the other thing is here, any employer with 24 or more, uh, 25 or more employees, you have to guarantee job restoration to these employees that go on on FMA leave unless you have eliminated that job completely. Uh,
0: then you don't need to bring them back to, to that job however tell me, you, tell me, George I, t- tell me what that means eliminate that job completely you mean eliminate that job function
1: yes yes I mean the, the job is no longer being done
0: so let me so but it, hold, hold on George I want I want to yeah. dive into that real quick let's assume that I'm on four projects right and I've got a crew on each of these four projects and now one of the projects no longer, has any work for me to do. It shut down. You know, I'm hearing, for example, hospitals, all construction work at many hospitals is stopping. I have my crew on that uh, hospital project. Does that count?
1: Yes, project-based. In other words, if the project is over or terminates for whatever reason, the job is no longer available. Okay. However, the law requires that you continue for up to a year to try to get that employee employed again. So yeah, as you come back to nor- normalcy and you start expanding then it's expected that you will be calling back those people that were on FMLA leave but because their project terminated they were was for whatever reason it was terminated they there were not uh, they, they, there wasn't a job for them that you're expected to continue up to a year to try to get them back on the job force got it all right so um, that's uh, basically the FMLA part of it. Now the Emergency Paid Sick Leave Act um, covers a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, it covers uh if if an employee is uh in quarantine or isolation uh because there's a federal, state or local order connected to the virus, uh or the employee has been advised by a healthcare provider, their doctor, uh, to self-quarantine. Due to the, due to the, uh, and it could be that maybe they don't have it, but they're in in a uh, their situation is such that they have low uh, immunity uh, defense. Uh, you know, people have uh, wi- low white blood counts and whatnot, so their defense uh, system is is um, it's not working the way it should. So how, the how about
0: this says, this issue with the fact that the belief currently is that older empl- older individuals are more Likely to get uh, the negative ramifications of this disease. Does that count by itself?
1: Well, let me go through the list because you're going to see that it's all related to. First of all, it's got to be the first reason: state, federal, local quarantine. You got to stay in the house. Okay. The second one is my doctor tells me stay in the house for whatever reason. You know, I'm either I have the virus. Or I could get the virus. That that's a little bit of what you're talking about. Uh, or you're experiencing the virus symptoms, uh, and you're and you want to seek a diagnosis. Then you you can also say, Hey, I, I got to see my doctor. I don't feel good. Then this covers. This is uh, the emergency paid uh, sick leave. If you're caring for any person, not just a family per, uh, member, any person. If you're caring for any person subject to the federal, state, or local quarantine order or isolation order, you're subject to this special leave. Uh, If you're caring for your kids, that's why I'm telling you under the FMLA, the first 80 hours are going to be subject to this emergency paid sick leave. So if I'm home taking care of the kids, my first 88 hours are going to come under this paid sick leave. And I cannot require you to use your accumulated regular sick leave or annual leave. I've got to pay you. This is on top of whatever leave you have. So I got to pay you this. I cannot require you. Now I, as an employee can choose to use my, by by, why would I, if I'm getting paid this extra leave. So you see what I'm saying? I can't require you as an employee. No, you got to use your first, you got to use your, no, I got to pay for this new leave. And you still have your regular leave accumulated. If you're experiencing any other substantially similar condition specified by the Secretary, Secretary of Health and Human Services, uh, uh, you know, that's related to this virus. So if I am experiencing, you know, they say uh, headaches, dry cough, uh, fever, high high fever, or maybe not high fever. If I'm experiencing that and I come to you and say, you know, I'm just not, fe- first of all, I don't want you here. As an employer, go home. But they're going to be subject to this law, to this uh, emergency paid sick leave.
0: Well, you know, what, what's interesting about that, George, is that this uh, virus seems to uh, uh, manifest itself in a way that is almost identical to the common cold. Yes. Uh, quite frankly, allergies. Yeah. So my yes. daughter at home, we have a lot of oak trees. You know she's sneezing and her eyes are watering like crazy uh because of the oak trees not because of the coronavirus i don't think
1: so But that's what it says here if i'm experiencing substantially similar conditions i'm not a doctor i don't know whether your runny eyes and runny nose is due to the hay fever or because you got a bad case of this coronavirus so you're going to be subject to this paid sick leave And I would send you home because I really don't want you here infecting me or anybody else. I'm in that uh, risk category group. (laughs) So you're going home, Uh, but then you're subject to this emergency uh, leave. Now, that covers the first uh, 80 hours. It applies to all employers, 500 or less. It applies to all employers Uh, now. There's a cap of up to $4,000 or $511 per day for that 80 hours of sick leave. That's the cap. You don't have to pay more than that. And again, you should be reimbursed by the federal government for any cost related to that.
0: Um, now. So 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 let's. Well, I, is, is there more that we got to. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, i just want to point out that um you again you cannot require employees to take the regular leave for this stuff you just got to pay it out of pocket here and um time, any days that your people are working if they're t- teleworking do not count as part of this leave so if i'm have if you're doing any work and i'm paying you then this leave continues to be available. Whether you're working from home or you're working from somewhere else, this leave continues to be available. It, just because you're home doesn't mean that you're taking advantage of this. If you're working and I'm right. paying, so basically that's it. Uh, you know there are other parts of the law. Uh, of course, there's going to be, uh, if you have to terminate somebody, there's going to be expanded uh, unemployment benefits. And this continues to evolve. The amount continues to evolve. So it could be that the employees that are uh, un- unemployed due to termination are, are going to be receiving higher amounts. We don't know, but that could happen. But there is money available for a significant amount of people to receive unemployment. Uh, there are other parts of the law, but I really, I'm not going to get into it because. Um, It's just uh, what I wanted to focus was on the things that are the labor and employment stuff that's going to affect employers.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I I want to run through a couple of examples with you to see kind of in light of this new law in light of your experience. What your recommendation would be, so let's assume that I'm a smaller contractor. I've got less than uh, fewer than 50 employees. Um, I have a job that stopped, a job I thought I was going to get. I'm not getting it now. And I want to lay off uh, 10 of my field staff and two of my office staff. It sounds like under the law, I probably should do so before the next 15 days.
1: Uh, I would, whatever you're going to do, do before the next 15 days. However, don't do anything that looks like you're evading the requirements of the law. So if you, gotta, if you gotta, I mean, if you don't have work, you don't have work. And so you gotta you know, terminate people, that's, that's clear. But if you have work and you're just simply uh, deciding, well, you know what, I know this person has kids, I'm gonna fire them. You're gonna have a problem with that. Because if the reason you fire somebody is because they have kids and you, won- you don't wanna pay for the leave, uh, that could come back to bite you and there'll be a system in place where those people can file complaints so anything like that stay away from if you don't have the work clearly you can terminate if you're simply choosing and picking uh because they're covered by the act and you decide well i'm gonna get rid of this person be careful with that because that could come back and you're going to be facing uh heavy penalties and potentially bad publicity sure so so be careful with that
0: so i guess it breaks down to two parts right so let's let's take things that I would do in the next 15 days, let's call it legitimately, and then the things that I have to do 15 days from now. So I'm a small contractor, I'm letting, I I have a job that didn't happen, uh, getting canceled. Um, Currently under the law, not applying the Family First Coronavirus Response Act. Um, Fewer than 50 employees. I can just, and they're hourly, everybody's hourly. No yes. no employment contracts. I right. can let them go. I don't have to yes. pay severance. I don't have to pay medical leave to the extent it doesn't apply to the coronavirus. They may have other rights, yes. correct? But
1: correct. I mean if you have if you have uh, health benefits, then you may get into the Cobra. Right. And you have to provide Cobra notice and whatnot, and then you know employees can choose to buy the Cobra coverage or not. Mm-hmm. But at this point, uh, up to the next 15 days, we're operating under the current or the previous laws, uh, the FMLA, and then we didn't have the emergency sick pay. So we're operating under just what used to be there before.
0: And, and that transition between um, uh, large and small companies where certain rights for employees would kick in is 50, correct? There was... The regular FMLA applies with 50 or more. Now, coronavirus is
1: considered a, uh, a serious medical condition, obviously. Right. So if you have 50 or more and you have somebody that comes to you and says, I need FMLA leave, um, then you, you know, you're, you're still subject to the FMLA under the, the old rules. So now, you would under,
0: the, under the old rules, if I think I have it, but I don't know that I have it, mm-hmm. do I have to do anything? Uh,
1: if I think I have it, uh, then you are going to go to your medical uh, provider and have you test it. I mean, they're not testing everybody, you know, because right. they just have a test case right now. But if you're exhibiting the symptoms, then I would go to my uh, healthcare care provider and say, you know, I feel like crap. Can you give me the test? And, then, and, you know, if they would, if they will, then they will know. And then you will
0: qualify because you have a serious medical condition. Right. So if I have the flu, I don't qualify for the FMLA. If I have coronavirus in the next 15, within the next 15 days, I do qualify under the FMLA. Yes, absolutely. Now the
1: flu doesn't qualify uh, under the FMLA unless it becomes a serious medical condition, unless uh, it turns into pneumonia or some other thing where you know I need antibiotics and whatnot, then, then it does. But right. the flu in and of itself, uh, no. It doesn't qualify under FMLA. The problem is, of course, that the symptoms are similar, so we don't know what the hell we're dealing with. Uh, and that's why you're going to go to the doctor and, and get a test. And, and if it comes back positive, then you definitely qualify.
0: So what now let's take, down? let's take some similar examples. Let's move them 15 days ahead. So 16 days from today. Um, I have a small construction company. Um, I have this project. It's not going to happen. I thought it would not going to happen. I need to lay off 10 people. I have f- 50 or fewer people. Um, yes. I'm going to terminate 10 people in the field and two people That's in my true. office. Tell That's me what do I got to do.
1: You terminate. I mean, let's uh, let me just go through uh, a few definitions because people talk about furloughs, layoffs and and uh, and terminations and uh, or a reduction in force, and, and we've got to make sure that we know what we're talking about. Correct. So, generally, when you say a furlough, and I've heard people say, well, we're going to furlough you. Uh, this is considered to be like an uh, alternative to a layoff, and I'll tell you what a, what a layoff should be. Well, and this is when empl- when an employer furloughs its employee, it requires them to work fewer hours. Okay, so it's not a termination or take a certain amount of unpaid time off that's a furlough in other words I'm I'm cutting your hours or I'm asking you to take some time off I'm not firing you all right so that's a furlough a layoff uh, a layoff is a temporary separation from payroll an employee is laid off because there is not enough work for him or her to perform so I'm laying you off I may call you back i'm probably going to call you back but at this point the project has terminated i'm laying you off uh but if i have another project that comes up right away i'm gonna hire you back uh and, and the employer however believes that this condition will change and intends to recall the person when work again becomes available that's a layoff. a reduction in force uh, occurs when a position is eliminated uh, without an intention of replacing it, it involves a permanent cut in headcount. So you're either going to terminate somebody, or you're going to call it a reduction in force, which is basically terminations, because you don't have any position to give that person, and you don't know what's going to happen in the future. We're in uncertain waters here, right? And so we don't know what's what's ahead. So you really, it's not it's not a layoff, it's not a furlough. So don't refer to these things as layoff or furloughs. If you're terminating somebody, you're terminating them, right? So now they become, they qualify, well, under all of them, they would qualify to go get unemployment. Of course. But I think it's important that you describe it as what it is. It's a termination of employment. It's not a furlough. It's not a layoff.
0: So um, let's look ahead, right? So, and change the scenario a, a little bit. Um, well, I, let me let me back up, because actually, I don't know that we answered that specific question. So let's assume that I've, um, I'm a, I've got 40 people in my operation. 16 days from today, I have to let people go. Your answer is I terminate them, but now I have this continuing obligation to pay people to the extent they qualify under the act. Correct?
1: Well, if you terminate somebody, then you are not—they're uh, not subject to the act because they're no longer working for you. If they're working for you and they come to you and say, I'm sick, now this is where the act becomes applicable. So it's it's sort of like, you know, it, it, it's sort of like uh, it forces you to make a choice here. Uh, and that's why you got to be careful. If you terminate somebody, it's because you really don't need them. If you then replace that person, you have a problem because now it shows that you have acted to evade the law.
0: And and you're saying the only people under the Family First Coronavirus Response Act that would be entitled to these benefits are people that are, uh, and the FMLA potentially are the people that have coronavirus, or have someone that they're taking care of with coronavirus, yeah. or um, they are, have kids, or have kids,
1: yeah. So that's that's what I'm saying. Be careful that you don't decide. Well, who has kids in the office? Right. So I am going to get rid of the kids. I'm going to get rid of the yeah, employees that have kids. Not good. This shows right. that you have intended to evade the requirements
0: of the law. So right. Meaning, I, I keep stuff. I keep I keep my single male and females, and I terminate my parents. Yes.
1: Or I, I terminate. Yeah, exactly. My, my employees that have kids. Uh, if one of them complains, I suspect, first of all, it's going to be in the news. So right. your company name is going to be, um, you know, help me, Howard or whatever it is. And, and then on top of that, the, the government, uh, I don't know, the, the, we don't know what the fines are that that remains to be uh, written by the Department of Labor or whoever enforces this portion. But I suspect it'll be significant.
0: Now, does any of this change if my operation is larger? So let's assume 20 days from today, I have a big. I have 400 employees. Um, I need to let 50 of them go because so and so project got canceled. Isn't happening. Um, again, nothing changes from our last analysis. Correct. Right. You're terminating employees. In other words, once an employee, if,
1: if an employee is working for you. And they come forward to you and say, "I need the the family medical leave because I'm taking care of a kid," uh, which already is happening because schools are canceled, right? So you know who's that who that is. Uh, so you know you're you're gonna you're gonna have to pay those people unless they're working for you from home, if you haven't terminated. Uh, but but again, be careful. <laughs> be careful. You don't go out there and terminate. You know if you, if these people are on expanded unpaid leave right now, they're still your employees. So they're going to be subject to this law. So don't go out now and terminate everybody who's home taking care of a kid, because that's going to be obvious that you are in fact discriminating against these people. They're not, you're not allowing them to get the benefits they're entitled to. So, uh, however, if a project gets canceled or you finish a project and this person specifically assigned to that project. That's different because now you have a, a legitimate business reason for terminating.
0: So, right, which, uh, is, which is always the test that that matters. Um, yeah. But again, if they fall under the act, they're a parent, they're taking care of someone with coronavirus or they have coronavirus, even yeah. if that were to occur, just so I'm yes. clear, George, even if the job they were on is done a yeah. month from now, if they fall into one of those primary categories, I'm going to have to keep paying them.
1: It's not clear, but typically um, you may be able to not continue to pay them. We have to get some clarification on that. At this point, there's going to be a lot of issues that are going to be so specific to the case or the employer that you've got to be careful with this stuff because it all is going to depend on the circumstances of each particular employer. Um, so what what my suggestion is until we get better clarification do what's best for the employee so if the employee should you know if you're paying benefits continue to pay them until we can clearly show that it's okay to to terminate them from those benefits because there's no work for them in other words the job is terminated there's no way they're going to be rehired um but I'm, I'm, I'm very being very cautious with it. I'm very conservative. I don't want to recommend anything that's going to put you in harm's way. So I say, and we should know within the next, uh, you know, hopefully 15 days, but maybe a little bit longer, whether we can terminate people that are receiving the leave if, in fact, that job comes to an end and there's no, I mean, they're not going to be working for us, but let's hang on
0: there. So let me ask a related question, which is, what if I say, you know what, I've got X number of people um, to make this work, I need to reduce everybody by everyone's pay by 10 percent. Still over minimum wage. Everyone's still making minimum wage. But I can do that, correct?
1: Yes. And even your exempt employees, uh, if there is an economic downturn, which clearly we're in the middle of, uh, you are allowed to reduce the salary of exempt employees as long as you do not reduce it. To below 684, which is the minimum now. But you are allowed to reduce up to that level. Uh, But when if you do the reduction, do it for a quarter. Don't do it on a week to week or work-to-work, you know, job-to-job basis, because that just shows that you're going back and forth. No, you're reducing it because there's an economic situation, a downturn, a, a recession, depression, whatever the hell it is. But you can show that it's going to be a, a bit of a long-term thing. Don't be going each week and changing the salary. Once you make a, a, a decision, stick with it for at least a quarter.
0: And in that regard, though, I should be careful not to, uh, well, this job, I've got 20 guys and gals. I'm going to reduce them by 10% or 20%, but everyone else stays the same, right? It's got to, I cannot show it, any discriminatory...
1: Anything that smells of potential discrimination, right. I would stay away from. Uh, because you don't need that headache in the middle of this crisis. The last thing you need is to have a charge of discrimination where you have got to divert resources uh, to, right. to defend
0: yourself. Right so, but I could say all of my. Carpenter helpers we're reducing your pay 10%. Yes. All of my carpenters, I'm reducing your pay twenty percent. So if I yes. if I make it an across the board, yes, okay, yes, that's fine. What
1: you don't want to do is all of my black carpenters, I'm reducing you twenty percent. Yeah, I mean, but people do stupid like that. You know, we laugh. No, at I, that.
0: I agree. You and I wouldn't have a job if people yeah. didn't do stupid things like that. Exactly,
1: so I mean, right. that's uh, maybe a little bit far-fetched, but I, well, the point I'm making is, uh, don't make a reduction that somebody can come back and say, ah you reduced these people because of discrimination. I, I mean, be aware of what their different backgrounds or nationalities are, races, when you're gonna do something like that, so that it doesn't look like you're focusing on any particular race or nationality, Uh, No, I'm focusing on a wide group of different people. It's not because you're from Nicaragua or whatever that I'm reducing your pay.
0: So there's one other thing I want to talk about specifically. Um, And then, you know, if there's something else that I missed here, George, let me know. But tell me about the Warren Act and what I have to do and kind of when that applies, when I have to notify
1: Right now, we're in an emergency. The WARN Act does not apply to this particular emergency. So you should be okay, uh, because that's one of the exceptions uh, in the WARN Act, that if you have uh, an emergency where you cannot give the 60-day required notice, you're not subject to uh, the WARN Act. And this is a national emergency. It's clear-cut. There's no issue about it. We're in a national emergency, so the WARN Act does not
0: apply. So what other things are you seeing, George, from the people that you're talking to, particularly in the construction industry, as far as issues that they're facing that we can try to address that we haven't already covered?
1: Yes, Uh, well, uh, basically it is this. Uh, if, If you're gonna continue to operate, then make sure that you are in compliance because again, the last thing you need is a lawsuit where now you've got to, Uh, You know, you've got to spend resources to defend yourself. You're not just going to stand by and and watch that lawsuit go without a defense. Um, But, you know, we get calls about I have people on J-1 visas. What do we do? Uh, J-1 visas and those sorts of things are tied to you to the particular employer. So if you don't want to lose that J-1 visa person, then the best thing to do is to if you need if they don't if you don't have work for them is to put them on a leave of absence. In other words, they're still your employees, but they're taking leave so that they continue to be associated to you as an employer and you don't lose them. Uh, those are the typical questions that we've been getting. Of course, everybody now with this new act, uh, you know, we've been getting stops non-call this weekend. Uh, my associates and I have been answering calls non-stop over the weekend. Um, we uh, With this new law, we're going to be getting, I mean, this morning I got up and I had about 50 emails just on this particular law. So this is all brand new. We're all learning. Uh, we have the, the outline of what it looks like, but now we need the, the meat on the bones, which is provided by the different agencies, the implementing regulations uh we're going to be looking at those any and this is not the end these things are going to continue to evolve so it's fast moving we're staying on top of it uh what we're doing for anybody that's interested we're offering very very reasonable rates uh to clients that just want to sign up for implementation or information about how to do this with their particular situation we charge for general limited very limited um uh, you know question and answer uh unlimited question and answers to us we're charging 400 a month for four months uh oh if you want,
0: yes that's fantastic george
1: uh, is uh listen what we want is people to not be thinking about oh my god i gotta spend 400 bucks an hour 500 bucks an hour to get an answer no please call we rather you know we want to charge a reasonable fee so you're not afraid to to spend the money if you want more specific to your business how am I going to be dealing with this particular employee what we're doing is charging 800 bucks a month for four months if you want that detailed and and so
0: yeah
1: so anybody that's interested uh you know they can contact you uh, you can refer them to us
0: um, and, how, do, and, how do folks get directly a hold of you, George? What's the the, the website, your email address, your phone yeah, number? Yeah. The website
1: is hrmcs.com, and the, uh, the number is 305-406-3538, and we're here, we're ready to answer you, we're working seven days a week. Uh, because we know, I mean, you We're listen, we're in the same boat. We're concerned. We're as concerned as you are about this stuff. I, I'm a businessman and so it, it's impacting me the same way as you, um, I just stay on top of it a little bit more because this is the, the, the services we provide. Uh, But we're constantly, uh, you know, just trying to see what the changes are. There's going to oh, by the way, there's going to be, depending on which states you operate, but keep in mind that there's going to be state um, and local uh, laws that are going to either mirror this law or even be more uh, expanded than this law. So you got to be careful with that because if the state or local government passes a law which provides greater benefits, then the federal law provides, then you've got to follow the state or local law.
0: Are you so, aware of any such laws happening in the South Florida area, Day, Broward, Palm Beach? Okay.
1: No, not at this point, but I, I am, uh, I just got to notice, um, I can't, uh, top of my head right now, I can't remember what state has passed uh, some some of these uh, things which are even greater, mostly in the Northeast. If you operate in uh, New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, uh, those states in the Northeast, if you operate out West, Washington, Oregon, California, uh, Nevada, stay on top of it because those areas are expanding the, uh, the leave amounts and the uh, family medical leave and uh, uh, the special sick pay. Stay on top of that. And if you have operations out there, we also provide you with guidance and uh, services. We have clients that operate in up to up to 23 states. So we always we're always watching to see what's going on out there. And we have somebody that's specifically assigned to do that. Um, so we're here to help you. And uh, you know, any of your clients, Alex, that uh, that need to help, we encourage you. Um, we're we're here and we'll provide you the best answers we have up to now, and we'll keep you posted as part of our, our clients.
0: I appreciate you taking the time, George, uh, out of your very very busy day, um, uh, and I can attest to your level of experience and expertise in this. Uh, we've known each other for a long time. We've used you as an expert, uh, connected you with our clients. Everyone's very happy. Um, so I encourage everybody that as things change. You will not get a better bang for your buck than what George is offering here. That's actually pretty amazing, George. Um, so um, I encourage you to, to reach out to George. George again, thank you very much for taking the time um, and everybody. Uh, we will be doing these every day uh, for the next for the foreseeable future. Um, so uh, please tune into our YouTube channel. Uh, youtube forward slash youtube.com forward slash the lean zone or the lean zone podcastcom as well where this will be podcasted every day thanks again george stay safe and healthy you and your family thanks Alice. you too thank you